Hi, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to a special can edition of the MM&M podcast. I'm Steve Madden, MM&M's general manager, and I'm sitting here with Patrick Wisnam, CEO of Wonderman Thompson Health, overlooking the Palais. Patrick, Hi, Steve. Thank welcome. you. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. So we had to come all the way to France to find out that we live about a mile apart from each other in fabulous Morris County, New Jersey. Yes. And and, and belong to the same swim club. Exactly. Which uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you at now that I know. I'll see you Saturday. More often. I'll exactly. see you Saturday see, night. See you this weekend. At Touch of Grey. Yeah. Came all the way to Cannes to meet somebody from Chatham. Very good. It's Very good. good. So... Um, Patrick, first of all, appreciate you coming on. I know how super busy everyone is here, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us. You know, there's a lot that I want to talk with you about, including your new role as CEO of Wonderman Thompson Health. But before that, let's get into the real fun stuff about about the work here at Cannes. What have you seen and what have you been impressed by? Well, again, thank you for having me. It's fun to talk about this stuff. It's the work. This is why we do it. This is why we're in the industry. Uh, and, and it's great to be back in Cannes in person right. uh, after, you know, a couple of virtual years just doesn't have the same power and passion, right? So it's not enough rosé. Yeah. And, and it's really hard to enjoy the work the same way without the ability to talk to others about it, you know, come down here and, and, and share my thoughts. So you know, it's really exciting to be here in person and really exciting to see the work. As I think about it, two pieces of work really stand out for me. One of them, of course, I'll have to talk about, which is something that we've done at Wonderman Thompson that I'm quite proud of <laughs> for our client J&J. So, you know, a shameless plug on that one. Plug away. Uh, and then I also want to talk about the Grand Prix winner from um, the pharma category as well. Let's start with that one. And I think, you know, I will always be me is what it was called. And uh, for those not familiar with it, the short version is, it's for clients, uh, tech clients, Dell and Intel. And it was, it is an innovation that allows people with a terminal illness that are losing the ability to speak to capture their voice before they pass mm -hmm. and before they lose their, their vocal capabilities and do so in a way that is simple. And what they've done is written a book. They partnered with an author who wrote a book that had enough of the sounds that are required in order to capture that voice, save it, and then use it to play back any written text so that their voice will live on forever for their loved ones. Amazing. Amazing piece of technology. And when you think about its impact on patients, which is really, when we think about the industry of health, what we're all in it for, to change people's lives, to impact them for the better when they're going through something difficult, this helps the people that are challenged. This helps their family. And it's, a, it's just a really fascinating piece of work. And the other thing that I love about it is we've got a, a practice within Wonderman Thompson around inclusive design and inclusive innovation. And we have a phrase that is when you, when you innovate for the few, you innovate for all. And what we mean by that is so many of the innovations we're comfortable with today were developed for people with disabilities or special populations, touchscreens, driverless cars, things like that. I see this innovation that they created as something that will live on well beyond just people that have a debilitating disease. It could be used for anyone. Anyone, yeah. Uh, 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 a family member that lives far away that maybe wants to read a book to their grandchild every night. You can use this technology to read a different book. It doesn't record, you don't have to record the same book over and over. Right. You can read any book. I mean, imagine the capability that we'll have to use people's voices that way. So the case study didn't take it to that level, but that's what I see when I see that innovation. Amazing thing, really impacting people with, a, with an illness, but an innovation that also can carry on and impact everybody's daily lives. So really impressed by that one. So it's not just recording the voice. It's, it's like essentially capturing all the rhythms and, and, um, and quirks of someone's speech 
and then synthesizing it into other things. That's right. It's not a recording. You have to record your voice in order for it to capture the data that allows it to be recreated for any different set of text, right? So you aren't recording it. You are just capturing your voice truly. And then it can, can synthesize it and use it to use it to, um, use that voice, a loved one's voice to read back any text. Amazing technology. So to, to go back to your example, it's like, you know, we've captured grandpa's voice and now grandpa can read a different book every night. A different book every night. It's not yeah. just a recording. That right? is amazing. And that's really special. And again, it will help people with, with debilitating diseases, which is what we're in the industry of doing. But the, the innovation really can live on beyond that. And I think that's really powerful work. So congratulations to the team at VML YNR, who, um, VML YNR Health, who, who did that work. Really impressive. And it, it's, you know, won a Grand Prix for a reason. The other piece of work that I found really um, compelling was Dignity to Flow, it's called, for a femcare brand in Brazil for Johnson & Johnson called Siempre Libre. And it used pop culture to destigmatize periods for women in Brazil. And, you know, I think that sometimes we lose track of the fact that that still needs to be done in certain parts of the world. But the interesting thing for me about it is, and the reason I'm so proud of the team that did it, it won, a, I believe, a bronze in wellness. So awarded here at can, rightfully so. But we talk a lot about purpose. And I think the folly of purpose is when we see brands step into areas that they really have no right to be in. And it's just kind of a tangential link where you're saying, oh, well, we're a brand that does X and we care about the environment. Well, And that feels very me too, doesn't it? It feels yeah. me too. It feels like you're, you're just trying to do something to do it. It's not integral to who you are as a brand. The power of this one is, you know, they have to stand up for women's health rights for destigmatization of something that is just so common that we still don't want to talk about or there's a stigma even picking up the package and using pop culture and a rapper and real cultural truths to connect to people to have that impact is really powerful work so again recognized by the judges won a bronze i think you know a very different piece of work than the the first one i've used which mm-hmm. was a technological innovation this is truly about communications and, a, and an idea that um, has real impact. So very proud of that work, very proud of our team at Wonderman Thompson Brazil who did it and our clients J&J who obviously saw the power in it to make sure it happened. So those are two pieces of work I was really, really excited to, um, to see get recognized and be a beacon for what we want to achieve as, a, as, a, as an industry. So on the whole, you, you mentioned these two specific pieces of work. On the whole, what was your take about what was submitted this year? I was reading something right before I came that there was like half as many entries in health yeah. than there had been years before. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, I think that agencies are being more selective about what they put into, into CAN just because of the cost, to be honest. And I think that's a good thing. The challenge, though, is a lot of the work that I was seeing being rewarded or awarded revolved tech innovations. Even the one that I've just mentioned, I Will Always Be Me, it won in the pharma category for Dell and Intel. Now, we shouldn't discourage healthcare to expand well beyond just the pharma companies, right? right? Um, but there was another one called um, Stably you know, with no, no vowels that was around making sure uh, people with, you know, motor diseases that, you know, their hands always shook were able to use the touchpad effectively. It stabilized the screen for them. That was also awarded. I do want to make sure that, that we're, as an industry, not just focused on tech innovations as a means to make impact because so much of the work that we're still doing, of course, is strategy and communications. And if we're not doing work that's being awarded and recognized in that area, 
as well as technology. It's not an either or, but if we're not doing really fantastic work that goes back to, you know, comms ideas, right. I worry that we're, we're focused too much on tech gadgets as a means to break through. And it's not, like I said, it's not about one or the other. And if we didn't see that, that, that innovation here, we'd probably be going, boy, I think we could be more innovative, but we've got to do both. And I wish I was seeing more work being rewarded for the strength of their comms ideas and, and the breakthrough of that. Um, not to say it's not there, but I think there's a little bit of a balance towards these tech gadgets in innovation involving design more so than just communications. And I'd like to see, it, I'd like to see a little bit more balance. Right. Understood. Very interesting perspective and, and uh, a perspective that you've built over, uh, over many years in the industry. Now, however, you've got a new gig, new role. You are uh, the CEO now of Wonderman Thompson Health. You've taken over from Becky Chittister. And I just wonder, it's been a few months. How's, how's it going? So I've known Becky for a very long time. We've been friends, having been in the WPP network for quite some time. Um, we've partnered on other clients. She's been a friend. She's been a mentor. So taking over from her was a really humbling opportunity for me. And for the last three months, we've been overlapping. So, you know, Becky had made her desire to retire known to the organization at the end of last year. I was uh, given the opportunity to start in my role in March. And now at the beginning of June, Becky has officially sailed off to new pastures. Uh, literally, uh, right? Liter- she, literally. Is she planning the sail from Long Island to uh, Maine? Some, something, something yeah. like that. I keep telling her she's still going to get texts from me. And she said, uh, only when I'm within range of shore or something <laughs> like that. So we'll see. But it's been very humbling to take over for her because she's been a friend and a mentor. And it's been interesting. And I'm really excited now. I was thrilled to have her available and kind of shoulder to shoulder with me for the first three months because it gave me a lot of perspective and it allowed me to learn about the organization very quickly. But now it's kind of, it's nice to be able to be in a position where, you know what, even if I wanted to have kind of a chat with her, it's now just my perspective and now it's just moving forward. And the interesting thing for me has been that unlike many transitions from one leader to another, this one has been planned, thoughtful and and methodical, not Mm -hmm a knee-jerk reaction or a reaction to something that was wrong, right? Oftentimes, new leaders are put in place to fix something that is broken. I'm not there to fix something that is broken. I'm there to build on something that's already quite strong and improve it and, 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 and move it forward. Sometimes that can be more difficult, though. If something's broken, you can, you can just look at it and say, okay, here's what I need to do. Um, and if, if you're handed a well-oiled machine, you know, part of the question becomes, how am I going to put my... Uh, my stamp on this. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not going to say that, and I don't think anybody would say Becky or, or, or Mel Edwards, my boss, would say that it's perfect. We've got lots of work to do to really optimize the way we go to clients. But you're right, it's not broken. And it is easier to come into a situation that's broken because when, you know, I think about it like a puzzle. And if you've got a puzzle that has none of the pieces in order, it's easy to get started. When you're looking for those last few, it actually gets a little bit harder and you want to make sure you're getting it all right. But that's where I am right now. And it really is about what steps do we need to take to optimize the incredible capabilities we have at Wonderman Thompson to inspire growth for our clients. And Wonderman Thompson is unique in the industry, in, in, in my opinion. We've got more capabilities than just about any other marketing services company. We're nearly a holding company and a holding company, really, with all the different capabilities we have. We've got to be organized in a way that allows us to bring those capabilities forward for our clients more seamlessly, more easily, and in a way that impacts their business. 
And the great news is I don't think there's any, any organization that's better set up or that has better capabilities to do that for clients. We've got to be better organized to bring them forward. But what's it like taking over a company um, where you can't look out across the office floor and see everyone, you know, or you have to go to a computer screen if you want, actually want to see people? This is the hardest part. Um, taking over an organization where you can't walk the halls and get to know people is really difficult, right? I tend to think of myself as a outgoing kind of people person. I like to feel the, the vibe of an organization. I like to walk the halls, or at least I used to whenever there used to be people in the offices. And that's hard to do now. And I'm not sure how that's going to continue to evolve. I've, I've gone to the offices we have, I've met the people, people have come in when I'm there, but it's not the same as going in every day and being able to kind of walk up to somebody and have a chat with them about the work or, you know, sitting in a room as we game plan for a new business pitch and everybody's in the room kind of contributing ideas and we're talking. It's all being done over, over Zoom like everyone else. And getting a real feel for the organization is harder that way, much harder. So everybody's going through it. I think the, the unique challenge is I'm, starting in a new role of leadership in, a, in an environment where um, the people, the teams, the real people doing the work are less accessible. And that's, that's difficult. What, what, what are your specific policies around return to work? Return to the office. Sorry. Yeah, of course. So I genuinely believe there's huge value in being together in person. And it's shown when I've been able to go to the offices and meet with teams and when we're able to come together. That being said, I'm not one of the people that are saying, you know, I'm not Elon Musk saying you got to come back into the office or go find a new job. And I'd never, I'd never, I don't think anybody within WPP or Wonderman Thompson is going in that direction. But I think everybody does see the value of being together when it matters, right? So I, I like to use the phrase um, that the matter, the moments that matter most, we need to be together. Now, does that mean it's on on Tuesday through Wednesday through Thursday, three days a week, two days a week, and we mandate it? I'd like to think that we don't have to go to that level where we're saying to people, you have to be in the office on this day or this day. I think we need to encourage the teams to think through what are those moments that matter most that make it worthwhile to be in the office because we've got to give people value to be there. And that value can come from the environment that we create. It can come from the, the teams and the value that comes out of being together, it's not going to be any good if we've got people coming into the office just to get on Zoom calls. Everybody's talked right. about that, right? right? We've got four people in the room and then three people on Zoom. Why are we in the office, right? So I think I'd like to really encourage our teams to make the commitment to be in person when it matters, um, but also give the people the flex, the teams, the, the, the leaders, the flexibility to make their own choices on how they go about doing it. Right. And not set hard mandates of three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're in the office. We also have to think about how we can be more mindful of all of the things people have gotten out of working from home. You know, I, I talk about it in my own experiences. Um, the good thing is, is that I'd never miss dinner when I'm working from home. Right. The hard part is my transition from work, Patrick, to dad or husband is a stairwell. Right. So I go from my office upstairs, downstairs, right to the dinner table. And I haven't I haven't stopped being the guy that was in the office right. to start being my the dad to my kids or the husband to my wife. That's that transition is hard for me. That's what the 645 Morristown local. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly you, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, but the opportunity to shed that coat. I exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I don't need an hour train ride to do it. Um, and I want to be home for dinners. But I really do enjoy that separation sometimes from work to, to home. And so I think, you know, things like 
look, if you come into the office, leave at four so you can get home to your family and have dinner with them. You shouldn't be missing it, right? So do we stop working at four when you come in? Because we all know that we're going to pick up our computers again after, we, after dinner ends if we've got things that need to be done. Um, so we've got to keep trying things to make the value of being together something that people strive for, not something that they're mandated to do. Because if we're mandating it to them, I just don't see that as being valuable or, or the right approach. How do we make it valuable? How do we give them the flexibility to keep the things they've gotten from working from home, but still give them a space that maybe some of them will crave to have a work environment that is separate from their home and, and effective when they need to be? So I don't think that's a direct answer. I think it's more about we're still learning and we're still going to see. We want to see people back in the office. Uh, there's value to it. We'll, we'll do it in a way that I think we'll be learning and, and um, adjust over time. Great. Patrick, thank you so much for coming by. It's like I said, it's, uh, I know how busy it is here for, for people, especially CEOs. So I really appreciate you coming by. And I appreciate the invitation. And it's, uh, it's a great place to be. And I'm excited, again, going back to the idea of being in person. It's just great to be here, being able to talk about the work, being able to kind of debate it sometimes over a glass of rosé or, or three. Um, but it, it feels good to be back. And I, I'm really proud and excited about the work that our industry is doing and appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Great. Well, you're more than welcome. You're welcome anytime. My guest has been Patrick Wisnam, CEO of Wonderman Thompson Health. You've been listening to the MMM Podcast Special Can Edition. I'm Steve Madden. See you again soon, folks.